Hey, hey, y'all. If you want to head to our website to check out all the different things Pizzazz offers, then just head to pizzazzart.com. That's P-Z-A-Z-Z-A-R-T.com. You will see our online memberships. We've got kids club memberships, our lettering club membership, our one project a month membership. We call that paint and praise. You will see some freebies that we've got there for you. And you'll see our local classes if you're local. So head to the website, check it out, pizzazzart.com, P-Z-A-Z-Z-A-R-T.com. Hey y'all, this is Casey Hope with the Here's Hope Podcast, and today we are going to be talking about, thinking about something that I think all of us deal with from time to time, and that is how to know when to speak up or shut up. (laughs) Sometimes we need that. We need that discernment, sometimes on a daily basis. So let's dive in to see what scripture has to say. Let's talk about some real life examples and some practical applications that will help us walk through our day with a little bit more wisdom on knowing when to speak up or shut up. Now, I want to start with a story from a long time ago when I was maybe seven or eight. You know how different families have stories that they tell over and over again? This is one of those that my mom likes to to bring up from time to time. So years ago, I was maybe seven or eight, and I definitely had not developed the skill of knowing when to speak up or shut up. I kind of wanted just to tell everybody everything that I know, everything that was going on. I wanted to tell you about it. On this one particular day, we were all at the house, my brother, my mom, and me. My dad, he was not there. I'm not sure if he was working out of town or what, but I remember dad was not there because we definitely could have used him, but he was not there for this particular day. And mom spotted a mouse in the house. Crazy down, okay? Now, as I like to call it, I called it a rat, even though it was a tiny little mouse. In my mind, it was a full-blown rat, and it was in our house. Now, this caused a little bit of commotion in the house, a little bit of excitement. There was fear mixed with running around and scurrying and a lot of squeals and trying to catch it, but also trying to stay out of its way because you definitely didn't want it running over your feet. So you're like high-stepping all over the house and squealing and all the things. And I remember there were these teenage boys that lived across the street. And since dad wasn't there, and mom definitely wanted a dude to catch this mouse, she called the teenage boys that lived across the street. They came over. They were trying to catch the mouse. And it was just a whole lot of commotion and a whole lot of craziness. We worked on this for quite some time. And the mouse somehow went into hiding and did not come out. It was hiding good. We moved things. We looked behind things. We picked things up. And suddenly, it was gone. We just had to live in the tension of knowing that it was somewhere in the house and knowing that we did not have it caught, that it was just somewhere going to pop out at any moment. (laughs) This was a lot more excitement than usual in our house on that day. So to me, it was fun. Now to mom, it was terrifying. But to my like seven or eight years old self, it was fun to have all that commotion going on in the house. A little later that afternoon, things had settled down. We still had not found the mouse, but we were not hurrying around quite the way that we were. Things were a little bit more settled. 
And some door-to-door salesman, I remember coming to the door. I don't remember what he was selling, but I remember that he and my mom were talking right there at the front door. And I went up and just stood beside my mom. And I was just waiting for a moment of silence, waiting for a moment that they could stop talking because I had some exciting news that I wanted to share with this stranger. (laughs) Mom could tell that I was busting at the seams to say something. So she was trying to not let there be a moment of silence because she knew that I was just about to blurt out something. But lo and behold, there was a moment of silence. And so I quickly said, we have a rat. That man looked at me like, what? (laughs) I just shook my head. Yeah, we have a rat. And that was the exciting news of the day. And I wanted to share it with him. Mom looked at me in horror, like, why the heck did you just tell this stranger that we have a rat? (laughs) She was mortified. I was excited. And that little story is just one of those that has lived on in our family. When the man left, she said, Casey, you do not have to tell everything that you know. And I was like, we do have a rat. I was just telling the truth. And now 30 years later, anytime or 30 plus years later, anytime mom still wants to remind me that I don't have to tell everything I know, she will just say, we got a rat. And we both know that means there are some things that you just keep to yourself. Now, that is a silly little incident from a long time ago. Like I said, I was seven or eight. But if you were like me, you probably have stories from not so long ago when you are like a full-grown adult, (laughs) like now, that you still have those times where maybe you open your mouth and times where you should have kept it closed. Or you repeat things that maybe shouldn't be repeated. Maybe they're not even true. Or you are asking questions and all those questions are doing is stirring up drama. You are making assumptions and then repeating them as if they are fact. There's all these things that we do with our mouth that sometimes we might just need to keep our mouth shut. (laughs) And social media really intensifies this because now it's not not just a tongue of talking in a small group. Now that tongue of ours, that mouth of ours, our voice, our words, when we use our words, and type it out on social media, it's magnified. So instead of a handful of people hearing what you're saying, you've got the whole world watching. So we have got to be wise with our words. Now, I've noticed for me that a lot of times when my lips are the most loose is when my emotions are high. I've heard it say before that when emotions are high, like self-control is low. And we know that to be true. We know when somebody's made us mad, emotions are high, we want to let them have a piece of our mind. Or maybe we don't want to confront them, but we at least want to tell everybody else we know why we're mad at them. You will go to social media and tell the world about the car that just cuts you off on the way to work and how mad you are about it. We see this type of behavior, not just when we're mad, but we see it when we're hurt. We want to hurt back. And a lot of times that's with our words. When we are stressed, we are snappy with our words. We're excited. Sometimes we just want to blurt out, we got a rat. (laughs) But in all seriousness, when emotions are high, self-control is low. Whether it's stressed, excited, mad, hurt, Through all of these emotions, taming the tongue is not something that comes easy. Taming the tongue takes self-control. Let's see, what does the Bible have to say with it? Because taming the tongue is a hard thing to do. It's not easy, but it is necessary. The Bible has all kinds of things to say about taming the tongue, but let's just look at a few scripture. 
James, I love James and Proverbs. Those are where we're reading from today. James 3, 5 says, Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. That little analogy, a forest being set on fire by a small spark. That is the power that your tongue has. That one word, that one instigating something can set things ablaze. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. James 1.26 If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Y'all, the Bible is making it pretty clear that number one, the tongue is powerful. It says death and life are in it. And the number two, that we need to learn to control it before it starts a fire. So how do we do that? When everything in us, all of our natural desires, want to just tell that person what we think or tell the world of the injustice done to us or point out all the faults in other people, what do we do when our natural selves just want to open our mouths and let it all come out? Whatever we are thinking, whatever we are feeling, our natural inclinations is just to let it all out. So how do we know when to speak up or shut up? There is one question that can help us decipher this. Is it time to speak up or shut up? My mom taught me this a long time ago, but this one question has been such a good guideline. And this is the question. Is any good going to come from this? Is any good going to come from this? That's the question. And in other words, if I say this, or if I repeat this, or if I ask this, or if I speak up about this, will any good come from it? And if the answer is no, then it's time to shut up. Now, sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes, absolutely, you need to use your mouth to speak to injustices and to repeat things to the right people that will ultimately help others. Use that mouth to fight for those who can't fight for themselves, yes. But in each situation, ask yourself, will any good come from this? That one question can help steer your words in the right direction. Let me just give you an example of one time where my emotions were super high and that one question helped me proceed in wisdom instead of giving in to my human nature of opening my mouth. So this was years ago. It was on Thanksgiving Day and my husband had to work. He's a police officer. He had to work on Thanksgiving. Me and the kids had gone to visit my brother and sister-in-law and so we were out of town and TR was working. And he decided to just not, he didn't have a big Thanksgiving meal because we weren't in town. He was just going to drive through a a fast food, fast food joint. I'll just call it that. And so he was going to just order him some food. So it was lunchtime. The car in front of him ordered and then they pulled up and then he ordered. So he gave him the order at the, at the drive-thru and then he pulled up to get his food. Now he had just seen the car in front of him drive off with food and he pulls up. And this was several years ago, but it was around the time of, may have been before the whole defund the police movement, but it was some, there was some sort of people not liking the police type thing. And so he, he pulled up to get, to get his Thanksgiving meal at this fast food joint. And the girl saw that he was in his police car and said, I'm sorry, we're closed. And he said, you just took my order. And she said, yeah, but we're closed. 
He said, I just saw you give the car in front of me food. I'm sorry, we're closed. And shut the window. And he drives off. And he calls me. And he tells me about this. And I am livid. (laughs) I am like, what? What is Thanksgiving? You are working on Thanksgiving Day and protecting the city. And they are not serving you because you're a police officer? I was so mad. We had been wronged. We had been done dirty. My husband had been discriminated against based on his job. When you are treated unfairly like that, And so obviously, unfairly, it raises all kinds of anger. And I know a lot of you can relate. You may not have had this exact same situation, but you've had a time where you were, uh, you or a family member were treated unfairly. Think to a time when you were treated unfairly. There's this thing inside of you that you're just like, did they realize you're, all these things are going through your head? I remember for me, I remember thinking, do they realize that somebody could walk in and hold them up at gunpoint and who are they going to call? They're going to call him. They're going to expect him to protect them. They're going to expect him to rest, risk his life to keep them safe, yet they wouldn't even serve him food on Thanksgiving. So y'all, emotions were high. I was mad. So what does that mean? If emotions were high, self-control was low, but I could feel in my spirit that I need to be keep a check on myself. I could feel those emotions going high, and I know that when emotions are high, that I'm not going to make the wisest decision unless I really practice some self-control. So I could feel that emotions were high. I could feel that I didn't need to do or say anything that was going to start a fire. And that's the thing. I think in today's world, a lot of times... The go-to method is to immediately go to social media and just tell everybody what happened. Can you believe that this is how they treated my husband? Like, I could have done that. I'm not gonna, but one option could have been go to social media, let everybody know what happened. Everybody boycott this restaurant. We'll really show them. But with that kind of attitude, would that have actually done any good? So much was going through my head. And one of those things was, I'm going to call the manager and just let them know what happened. And so I asked myself, would that produce good? Yes, calling the manager could produce good. They could look into it. They could deal with that employee. And hopefully something could be done about it. Now, go into social media, telling everybody about it telling the whole wide world about it, telling my circle about it, going back and talking about it with all the people in my circle. Would that have done any good? No. What would it have done? It would have caused anger. There had been people angry, just like I was angry. There had been people angry. Some people would have boycotted that restaurant. Honestly, at the time, it could have made national news. And that is not the thing that I want to have my five seconds of fame to be famous for, okay? Good was not going to come from me telling the world about this this incident. Another thing that I thought to myself was, what if this was my business? I have my own business. I have employees. So I thought about it like that. What if I had some rogue employee one day who treats my customers in a way that I would never treat them? Would I want that broadcasted to the world? Would I want people to think that my company is the same as what this employee is? No, no way. Just because one employee acts a certain way does not mean that the whole company is at fault. Do I want to ruin the reputation of a whole company uh, because of one employee? 
No, I knew that no good would come from me speaking out about this incident on social media or even locally in our town. No good would come from it. That was my indicator to keep my mouth shut. Do you see how that works? That one question directed my thoughts. That one question was, should I talk to the manager about that? Will this bring good? Yes, it will. Go ahead, open your mouth about that. To the people who can do something about it, open your mouth about it. Would it bring any good to tell everybody else to go to social media and just start talking about this? Would any good come from that? Nope. So by asking that one question, it helps me to discern when to speak up or shut up. And in this case, I shut up when it came to social media and talking around town and telling all my friends and all the people. Most people had no clue that this ever happened because I chose to keep my mouth shut. And I still choose to keep my mouth shut because I'm not going to tell you the name of the particular restaurant. I'm not going to go down that road. Now, the area that it did make a difference with was the manager. Like I said, they did pull the tapes. They did look at it. They did take the action with that one employee. And that's all that needed to happen. That incident could have looked so much different based on the decision that I made in the heat of a moment of whether to speak up or shut up. The whole thing could have played out in such a different way based on that one decision. Speak up or shut up. I'm so thankful that I just shut up. <laughs> now, let's go and go back to James. James 3, 5. It says, it's the same one that I just read earlier, but it, it bears repeating. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. There will be no doubt things that come up very likely this week or maybe even today when your emotions are going to be high and everything in you wants to speak up or shout out or go off or whatever. But I want to challenge you to ask yourself this one question. Will any good come of this? Will any good come of this? Now be careful because your brain is going to want to justify <laughs> that, oh yeah, good can be, good. there can be some good that comes from me letting them know exactly how I feel. So be careful with that because your brain is quick to justify things. I want you to slow down and think two steps ahead. What will happen if you open up your mouth in this situation? What's going to happen next? And then what's going to happen next? When you follow those steps two, three, four steps down the road, Is it goodness and change that's going to be happening or is it chaos and fire? Use that one question as your guideline for when to speak up and to shut up. If the tongue has the power of life and death, I want to be speaking life. I don't know about you, but I want to be speaking life. And so y'all, as we wrap up today, I hope this was helpful. I hope this one tangible question is something that stays with you either in your mind or maybe you need to put it on your phone screensaver or write it on a card and put it in your dashboard. I don't know. But I want to remind you that you don't have to do this on your own. You don't have to muster up all this self-control on your own. That's almost impossible. We have the Holy Spirit, y'all. We have access to the Holy Spirit. And truly, the Holy Spirit will help us with this if we just ask. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 tells us that one of the fruits of the Spirit, which that's just fancy word for one of the evidences that the Holy Spirit is working in you, one of the fruits is self-control. So don't think that you have to tackle this on your own. 
ask God for help so that your words can bring joy and light and life today. I hope y'all enjoyed that podcast. I'll be sure to go like, subscribe this, leave a review. Let us know how you're liking it. We like that feedback. And if you want to follow us on other social platforms on Instagram, it's Pizzazz Art Studio. Same for Facebook and Pizzazz is P-Z-A-Z-Z. Pizzazz Art Studio. Go check us out and see what all we have to offer over there. 